episode of Mum Talk. So first off, seeing as this is possibly the seventh time that I have attempted to record the intro to this podcast, I'm a little bit dozy. We had a 4.30am night feed last night and I stayed awake and took my sister to the train station this morning. She stayed this weekend and I am very tired and I haven't even had this whole sleep deprivation thing. So I just, my hat goes off to all of the mums out there who whose babies don't let them sleep. Um, I don't know how you do it, but yeah, I'm struggling a bit today. So if in the podcast I sound a bit dozy, the podcast was recorded today. So um, yeah, a little bit sleepy. Anyway, I am very proud of myself today because I have guests on the podcast for you. Woohoo! Thank you so much for sticking with me and listening to my droning voice and Amandine's little um, noises in the background. And she is here. She is currently feeding. She's been very, very patient. She woke up five minutes before we were due to record this podcast, which was over Skype, by the way. Um, So if there are any little niggles, I apologize about that. But it's what happens. There's nowhere I'm going anywhere when I have a nine-week-old. But she does make little noises throughout. So she's here. She's here. I know you guys missed her last week because she wasn't with me last week. Anyway, these guests are, and it's two guests you lucky things. Carly and Leon, husband and wife, you may well know them from Instagram or maybe YouTube. Um, Carly Rowena and Leon, one of the founders of The Lean Machines, both incredibly, incredibly successful in the fitness industry. Um, They are both personal trainers and fitness bloggers. And Leon is also a nutritionist. So Carly is 35 weeks pregnant so almost in the drop zone she looks insane um and we chat everything about her pregnancy and I also chat to Leon about things like dad bods because Hendrik came down this morning before he went to work and said I need to stop eating so much rubbish because I am getting a dad bod so we talk about um what you can do if you're a guy and you've got maybe 10-15 minutes and you want to be super effective in working out and then we also talk everything about how they found out they were pregnant, fitness, um, what they would advise you to do if you've been working out in your pregnancy or you worked out previously and now you're not. We chatted about work because obviously they're both um, self-employed and it's difficult to stop. I found it really difficult to stop and Carly is just missioning on. Uh, She really is amazing. So we talk about that. We also talk about the social media side of things and um, how that's been for both of them. Anyway, I don't want to spoil it for you, so have a listen, enjoy. If you've got any questions, um, I will give you everything you need to know at the end, and that's it. Enjoy. But how are you feeling? First of all, congratulations. Thank you. We're good, aren't we? Yeah, we're yeah, good. I'm feeling fine. I'm like... the one who's doing <laughs> I'm just like, my vagina's going to fall out half the time. That's probably oh, just the phrase I think I've said the most, which I'd never imagined saying, but... Yeah, I just feel baby's very low and there's never been anything up here. It's all low. So it just feels very heavy sometimes and I'm not the best at resting. So I think my body is just like, look, come on. Um, But it's been really good. I haven't had any of the normal pregnancy thing, just a couple of aches and pains and that's it. So we've been really lucky. Because that's brilliant because you're keeping going with all your work. And I mean, you seem super busy. Do you know what I mean? It's really hard to, it's, it's. It's hard to not. Everyone's like, so when are you going to slow down? When are you yeah. going to stop? And I'm like, well, it's not really a job that you can. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're your own boss as well, aren't you? Yeah, so I'm my own boss. And while you can, like, I do have days now, third trimester's definitely been harder where I've been like, 
okay, yeah, I do, my brain just isn't functioning today, or definitely going to London is pretty shit, I'm not enjoying that. Yeah. And I guess, sort of in the last week, I've suddenly gone, oh, I don't know if I can make that commitment, because I don't know if I want to be in, yeah, that's the hardest part now, is that it's now impacting my life, because now I'm a bit like, do I go? Do yeah. I stay? Um, but up until then, it's been fine, so yeah. yeah. Oh, so you're 35 weeks now, right? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So not long before you entered the drop zone. I know. When did she arrive? When did yours arrive? Um, she came 39 plus 5. So just the teeniest, tiniest bit early, and it was it was perfect. She was £7 too, and no bigger was great. <laughs> yeah, we're just hoping that we don't go – well, I mean, most people do go over, but I just don't want to get too close to Christmas because – yeah. Yeah. So when's when's your actual due date? The twelfth of December. Okay. We're thinking first week of December would be perfect. Would be amazing, but we'll see. I'll just keep doing all these exercises and try and wheeling it out. I think this baby's getting tired of being in here anyway. It's a bit like, look, if you're going to keep doing burpees and things, I'm going to come out. (laughs) (laughs) So we're trying to push him or her out. (laughs) Well, if if they're low already, that's a really good sign, isn't it? And is are they engaged? Have you been? Yeah, apparently the head's been down for like the last three and a half weeks. Oh, fantastic! Oh, that's great. So, yeah, trying. We'll see what happens. At the end of the day, it'll come when it wants to come, so. Yeah. I did just, I did tons and tons of walking, and then I could feel, like, sorry, Leon, this might be too much information, but there might be a fair bit of this. (laughs) But for, like, the last kind of three weeks, I could literally feel her head rubbing on my cervix, which is very uncomfortable, but it meant that, like, she was kind of raring to go. Um, so that's always a good sign. But yeah, oh, loads of walking and you're, you, you're so fit. I definitely think that that makes them come early. Definitely. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully not earlier than the 24th. No. <laughs> I'm meant to be away with, yeah, a, he's gonna go away, to be away with a sponsor. Oh my goodness. It's, like, it's only like 48 hours essentially or 72 hours on the 21st. But that's long enough. Um, <laughs> yeah. He already said to the guys, "Was like just pre-warning you." Luckily, with my my side of things, I've got John, so there's still representation of the brand. If I don't go, he can still yeah. go create content. And I said, "If we're getting signs, then I obviously won't be going." <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I mean, there's no way to know, but yeah, this could be a really funny birth story in the end. So you never know. <laughs> Is it away? Away? Are you out of the country? Away? It's Tenerife. Oh my goodness. So yes. it really is a way away. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. It probably, won't, it probably won't happen. But oh, Well, if you do go, I mean, we kind of had the same thing. My husband's an airline pilot. So we oh. never, like, if, if I woke up in the morning and I had signs, there was there was one time he was going to fly. And I was like, oh, I'm just not sure if you should go. Anyway, he ended up going and it was totally fine. It was really completely a false it's alarm. The paranoia yeah. side of things where yeah. if I'm going to be away and working, I need to have my head switched on and I've got yeah. a funny feeling that it's going to be ringing every five minutes and I'm going to just be like stressed out because I'm away. So it's a case of whether she's showing signs of whether I can actually deal with it mentally being yeah. that far. So we'll see. Time. We'll see. Absolutely. Well, if you end up going, let me know. And because Hendrik always is always flying from Tenerife and you could just jump on his flight. <laughs> 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 <Come back. laughs> Perfect. <laughs> 
Oh, that's awesome. So I've got a bunch of questions for you, if you're happy to answer them. If there's anything you feel like you don't want to answer, then if just say... Like, honestly, we we have no secrets hidden. So other than revealing baby names, that's it that yeah. we wouldn't say. But there's nothing. You can ask us the most... I mean, I was literally with Mothercare the other day talking about vaginas and pooing and stuff, which I never thought I would be doing. <laughs> so there is nothing you can't ask. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. So you're 35 weeks pregnant, which is awesome. And you've been feeling really good in yourself. And I, I follow you on Instagram, of course. Um, and I noticed you are saying a bit about pelvic pain and things like that. Is Has that been really uncomfortable for you or how's that been? When did that yeah, start? I'd probably say that's been the main kind of pain that I had. Um, and mine started, I'd probably say second trimester ish um it felt like a lightning bolt to my vagina slash maybe a horse had kicked me Um, and I'm obviously very active but I'm still less active than I was pre-pregnancy but it just seems more active to a lot of people yeah and I obviously walk the dog as well every day and I think I I felt like superwoman during the second pregnancy like I generally wouldn't have known I was pregnant if I just didn't have this sort of growing bump yeah so I just did too much and at one point my body just went look okay I get that you feel great but actually I need you to rest a bit and it was I came home and you were away actually and I just couldn't I could walk but walking was uncomfortable and that's not yeah. something I've had before so I, I kind of realized and I just had to put my feet up a little bit more and realize that yeah while I feel amazing I am still changing and I think doing my pelvic floor exercises and stuff have definitely helped as well. But yeah, the pelvic floor pain, that was possibly one of the most painful pains I've had so far. Oh. Um, yeah, but it's definitely a lot better now and I don't seem to get it as much. So I think I've pretty much got that one nailed. I know I just need more rest. Yeah, yeah, which is so, so important, especially as you start getting nearer your 37 weeks, 38 weeks. And I don't know if you've listened to the podcast much, but I've ever since I gave birth, I have been saying to people, make sure you're eating proper meals every night because I didn't, which is just as important as rest, I think, because I went into labor um, in the evening at midnight and we had literally just had roasted vegetables. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> and then I had my whole labor until 8 a.m. the following morning and I had nothing, nothing to go on and I'd been sick. And yeah, so rest and lots of good food, especially at night time. <laughs> very good at food and this one's really good at cooking so I'm very lucky I'm loving food that's not changed (laughs) (laughs) amazing so how did you guys find out that you were pregnant um I actually thought Carly was winding me up because well we can we can say to the to the dot that we know exactly when we conceived, <laughs> which sounds very crude because obviously we both do the same job. I there's quite a lot of traveling involved. Yeah, we were at the time like two ships passing in the night, and as the two ships passed, they docked. <laughs> 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 I remember because we I know that we did it twice in one day, and how often does that happen when you're just I, know, right? so I was like, it's definitely that day. <laughs> Carly was just saying she was away on a surf school and was saying that she felt quite rough essentially the whole time she was there and then just had you as you do as a as a girl I guess oh I'm, I wonder if I'm pregnant it's always one of the things that comes into your head yeah and she said it and I was just like oh yeah hilarious nice one and then um you just came back and just I don't know it might just be one of those things that instinctively just decided to go and do a test and then came down and showed me and we basically just laughed 
Yeah, and then I freaked out for quite some time. I think when I was on the surf school, I was teaching and I was doing um, handstands. And every time I went upside down, I was getting a nosebleed. And I was like, I don't get nosebleeds when I go upside down. And so that was really odd. And then I also, yeah, I've just done Kilimanjaro and you've just been to Berlin. So the one time we hooked up, I knew that. (laughs) That date really well. And we had kind of said, like, it would be great to kind of start trying mm-hmm. but I just didn't think the one time we had sex that that would be the one time so yeah Boom. I think you were hoping for some trying time but yeah we I was hoping that. for a little a few <laughs> test runs but we lost that potential yeah so I think we found out you were about five right. or six weeks at the time so so nice and early yeah. yeah and then it was then it was like eight weeks of like come on get to the bloody scan so we can at least start to get excited because we weren't going to go public at all we no. knew we weren't going to say anything publicly until we at least got to the scan obviously there's still plenty of potential risks and worries but they get a lot less so we're just waiting to get to that point really doesn't it seem like forever yeah. absolutely forever waiting for that first scan and then the 20 week scan feels like forever doesn't it yeah, yeah, I would say that the, the worst part of pregnancy for me was definitely the first trimester. Mm-hmm. Not for, I was never sick and I felt pretty good, just um, really gurgly and gross. But for me, it was just harder being online and having this secret yeah. because I've never, I don't have secrets. I'm so open and honest about everything. And, and I was just felt really protective. And I also didn't know who to be because I know you don't have a bump, but you suddenly feel just different as yeah. a body. And people were asking me for like, workout videos and photos and I was like oh I just don't want to and I remember just wanting to be offline the whole time um that was the hardest part I think mentally yeah did you feel um like you physically wanted to work out in that first trimester or did like not necessarily share it but did you actually want to yourself want to work out yeah, my love for working out hasn't changed at all. But I think my working out comes hand in hand with feeling really good. Yes. So mental health wise for me, working out does wonders. And I, I have a local CrossFit box and it feels like a family there. So yeah. for me, yeah, my working out pretty it's much... It's not just training, is it? Yeah, no, it, it's the whole package. It's like that. Also, and you know it yourself, we're kind of on a computer most of the time. It's quite isolating and lonely sometimes. Yeah. Um, and so actually sometimes the only interaction I have is going there and doing a workout I think I'd go mental um, <laughs> so me, I kept that in because it actually felt like the most normal part of me yeah and because I'm self-employed I could kind of put it around when I felt my best so I felt really good in the morning so I'd just go there for 9 30 smash out and then as the day got on I'd kind of feel a little bit crappier mm-hmm. um but yeah I definitely continued working out and I think that really helped me I think if I'd stopped then it would have been really hard to pick it back up yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And your body um, didn't feel too, because obviously with all the relaxing that's pumping through the body, you felt good? Yeah, I did. I mean, I have to say, I can squat lower than ever before. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. My mobility is awesome. I was terrible before. Um, So that's really cool. And everyone kind of laughs because they're like, look, Carly, look, her ass is to the ground now. Um, (laughs) Nothing, body-wise, nothing has really been an issue no, it's had... just impact wasn't it the only thing that the first I remember the first time Kylie actually had something whereby she couldn't do it which was first two things that went were running and double yeah. unders or skipping okay so yeah yeah like heavily impact based that was like no you're not doing this anymore yeah. <laughs> body just said no yeah. and I think also more online again and I really appreciate it but obviously everyone has an opinion I did mm-hmm. notice that I would start to not share some of the things even if I was still doing them to a degree because 
I just didn't need the constant criticism from yeah. some people. Um, so, yeah, I found that I did stop things, but it might have been a little bit later than what people maybe thought on social because I was just getting lots and lots of comments. Um, so that was probably a harder part. I bet that was really difficult, having everyone put their own, you know, opinion into you about your pregnancy and what you're doing. And that must be really difficult mentally, really yeah, hard. Yeah, both definitely had it. I know um, Leon yeah. had it and I... I had it to the degree, and it's such a small percentage. It's like 0.1%. My followers are so lovely and I'm so lucky. But we always notice the you, yeah, yeah, you always pick up the negative. And just, I had quite a few private messages saying that I was going to kill my baby. Oh, my um, God. I was a bad mum for choosing abs over a baby. I mean, my abs left me at like four weeks. I didn't care less. But people just, obviously, they don't know you and they just presume yeah. that. Um and then I had some people, I had quite a few people which I understand, which is probably the hardest part, saying that they used to follow me, but they've had a miscarriage, and so they need to unfollow me. But the way it was worded was... Like it was your fault. Like it was my <laughs> fault, and I would make people feel bad because I'm having a good pregnancy, and it would just hurt, because I'm not safe. You're never safe. You could mm. lose a child at any point. Um, and it every time just made me feel really just anxious, I guess. And then you kind of had it just... Yeah, for telling me it, was, you. it was more... On my part, it was more friends and family, and I use it as a bit of a crude saying, but I always say opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. Be <laughs> <laughs> very, very rife when it comes to pregnancy. And one thing that I found really hard was, you know, I know the same with just the same as in it's really boring, but like with fitness and the industry, it's moved on massively. Yeah, and there's a you know a, like some of the older generation of population have their opinion on the way pregnancy should be done and the way that issues act. And there's a lot of just crack on and get on with it. You'll be fine. And I, I love that. And then there's like this fluffy part in the middle where the whole world's kind of gone crazy safe. And I get it to a certain degree. You know, I want to protect the little one as much as I possibly can. But I still think, you know, we have to be a little bit relaxed. You know, we can't wrap everything up in cotton wool. And there was like a lot of people saying to me, don't do this. You should be telling Carly not to train. Are you sure she's okay? Are you sure she's not just doing it because of social media and all that kind of stuff? And then um, a lot of people who have just had children that I know have suddenly gone from being this crazy wreck and not really knowing and being all out of their comfort zone, which I was like, I really admire that, to I've had a child for a few months and you don't know what the bloody hell you're talking about you need to do this you need to do that and it came across me and Carly a bit like a lot of people around us were feeling like we were going to be terrible parents it just because it was like they were suddenly in the know yeah. it was like you suddenly became the oracle and everyone else like everything that all the worries and fears that we all have I guess they do obviously di disappear and perspective is a beautiful thing once a little one turns up but it kind of came across quite personal for a little while that mm. a lot of people were just making out that we were going to be absolutely horrendous and we didn't know what we were doing like nobody was in that position which was quite interesting yeah. um but overall it's been all right <laughs> <laughs> god yeah every I mean I love I love your saying everyone has an or whatever it was <laughs> I'm not even gonna try and that's repeat that <laughs> but that's because it is and everyone wants to share their opinion don't they yeah. like everyone has something to say whether it's good or bad and you don't even have to ask for it it just comes oh, no. straight at you <laughs> yeah. and I don't mind that to a degree I just think um yeah I just had to remind some of our friends and family that we, we do have a dog. We've got businesses. We're juggling yeah. things. We can juggle this too. We might not go about it in the same way as everybody else, but everyone's winging it. You just yeah. got to 
long as you've got love and you can keep it safe, then that's the most important thing. Yeah, the thing thing with a lot of opinions and stuff as well, especially when it comes to pregnancy, it's it's respecting everybody's opinion. But I also the hard thing is that a lot of opinions from people that I know have come with emotions and insecurities attached from their pregnancy. So there's a lot of people who have felt like, oh, I should have moved more or I should have appreciated the process more or I should have been like this and I should have been like that. And they've probably aired that a little bit in the wrong way and it's kind of come across to us like we're doing something wrong. But I think it's more the fact that they feel a little bit like, oh, maybe I should have been moving a little bit more. Maybe it would have been a little bit easier on me if I had. And it's like that kind of emotional attachment, which can be quite hard to take sometimes. But overall, it's been good. It's been good. Absolutely. Have you found that everyone's been sharing their birth stories with you? I have tried to do this. Have you? I have not listened as much as possible, only because... I don't know if I'm crazy or not, but I am so relaxed about giving birth. Yeah. Um, and I have no idea what's going to happen. It might be amazing. It might be awful. But either way, I just feel like that's what our bodies are built to do. So I'm very relaxed about it. And Leon's been incredible. And I know that we're going to try and do this as a team. And so I'm really actually quite excited. I kind of think Yay. of it as like a really tough CrossFit workout yes. um, yeah. in my head. <laughs> and so I've tried not to because I just don't want to change that like idea too mm-hmm. much. And also, I'm very, like, realistic. In my head, the, the dream scenario is, you know, we stay at home for as long as possible. Then we go to the hospital. If there's a bath, amazing. Midwife-led unit. Uh, pop on some dancing tracks, try and dance it out and breathe it out and have an amazing labor. But I'm also very much like, okay, if it all goes to pot, we I'm giving birth action. in a car yeah. or I have to have an epidural or any of these things, fine. I don't care. As long as baby's safe, I'm safe, we're all okay. I'm very okay with whatever happens. So I haven't listened to many. I mean, there's some that have been, like, forced on me. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I've tried to stay away yeah. <laughs> as much as possible. Uh, I, I honestly think that's the best way forward is exactly what I was like. I did listen to a lot of people's birth stories because of the podcast (laughs) wasn't really wasn't able to avoid that but I also like a lot of knowledge I like to know kind of things that could happen um but I was super chilled about it Hendrik was super chilled about it and whatever was going to happen was going to happen you can't avoid it it's going to come out isn't it one way or the other (laughs) baby's coming (laughs) yeah you've got a choice in that yeah yeah and I always think of you know how times have changed. My mum had me at 40 and things are so completely different back then. And if you're in different countries, and I just think we are so fortunate to be where we are and to be able to have, you know, maternity leave and time off and have a birth plan and stuff. So and I just think it, well. we're very, very lucky. Yeah. And so I'm just going to let that do its thing. So I love how you just touched on your birth preferences then. Um, do you have a midwife led unit really close to you or is it quite a drive or... No, we have one. It's like 10. We're going to find out exactly how far this week. Yeah, we're going to do And again, that kind of time Carly goes into labour. But on a good day, if it's if it's like your kind of time in the evening, it'd be fantastic. It'll yeah. be 10 minutes maximum. Brilliant. Uh, if it's rush hour, it could be around 25, 30 minutes. But yeah. it, either way, it's just the other side of the city. So it's not too far. Yeah, it's oh, not okay. difficult for us to get to. Um, we don't, we've had, the only thing I'd say during our pregnancy is we've had a different midwife every single time. Oh, no. So I don't feel connected in that way. They've been okay. lovely, but I, I don't feel connected in that way. So I feel like it's just us two and whoever comes into the room will just be, will be grateful to have them. Um, and really all we've kind of said birth plan wise is ideally to not have too many people, to not have too much going on and to try to avoid drugs unless I massively need them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and that I don't want to lay on a bed. I've never been like a laying on a bed person. Anyway, let's just move and get it out. Yeah. Um, and that we want the placenta to pulse out. And that's it. So that's all we've kind of said. Anything else? You know, I would also the- be said, no, I don't really ideally want baby to have the vitamin K injection. Oh, yeah. You decided that. Okay. Um, I would prefer personally... I've looked at the risks and they are quite minimal as well. But I'd also say if we're going to do it, do it orally um, mm-hmm. because it's another option. Just think for me, like alleviating as much stress as possible and nobody wants to start their life with a bloody injection. But, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, things like that, unless there's like huge risks going on, the same as with the umbilical cord being clamped. You know, we want to leave that to pulse out. Again, it's much better for the baby, less yeah. stress. Um, you want to we'll change that. The sex as well, don't you? Yeah, I want to be the one who states the sex. And stuff. <laughs> so you guys don't know. No. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, we don't mind. Like, I just, I mean, everyone's thought a boy, although now it's starting no, to be a girl. No, everyone's starting to go full, full circle. <laughs> we're definitely convinced as a boy. Then we're convinced as a girl. And now, at uh, the baby shower the other week, everyone's convinced we know. So they've got, yeah. like, full oh, no. paranoia set. Oh, no. <laughs> in, in, our, in our nursery room, we've got, like, a couple of blue things. So people are like, you're having a boy. And I'm like, no, we just really like blue. Like, even if it was a girl, we would really have much pink anyway. We're not really yeah. pink people. Yeah. But people are like, you're definitely having a boy, don't you? Like, we swear you know. And we're like, we don't know. <laughs> we appreciate the fact that you care so much. But uh, it's been the best Christmas. There's not a lot of surprises in the world nowadays, is there? So it will probably be the best Christmas present we've ever had. Hopefully early Christmas present. Yeah. Right? Christmas present all the time. Oh, that's lovely. Have you had time to do an NCT course or anything like that? Have you done? Yeah. So we actually, what have we done? So we actually paid for an antenatal class. There was some that were free here in Norwich, but uh, we didn't hear the best reviews on them and also didn't really fit with timescale and stuff. So I've been going to a um, pregnancy yoga class on a Thursday. Um, which was just lovely. I mean, I'd say it was it was just nice to be around other pregnant women and just, you know, see what's going on. Um, so that was lovely. And then she'd recommended this other one, which I think was Birth Babies and Beyond or something. Yeah. But this older lady called Anne who was like in her 70s was just lovely. And for me, I, I felt like I made some new friends, but it was more you. I think you got the yeah, most out was, of it. The thing is, like, my, my job in a lot of ways is purely support. Mm-hmm. And going to the shop and randomly getting Marmite at 10 o'clock at night. It's, it's kind of about as far as it goes physically for me throughout the pregnancy. And my job, you know, I know I shouldn't watch such stupid programs, but my biggest fear was when I've watched things like One Born Every Ugh. Minute. Oh, no, you haven't. I literally sat there in a tracksuit scrolling through Facebook for four hours being completely useless. And I understood instantly why before we went to these antenatal classes because I just I was like well what am I supposed to do apart from say are you all right because if you see somebody in a white jacket or overalls you're instantly going to trust them and allow them to do this do the thing even though I kind of I'm pretty well educated I know what you know common basic common sense is when it comes to that kind of stuff but obviously the professionals are going to do the thing but I also wanted to make sure that I could step in and say well I'm not going to allow you to give my wife who's completely delirious right now and epidural just epidural just because it makes your life easier yeah you know there's a lot of a lot of things that made made a lot more sense once we spoke to her in terms of 
when I should be questioning the professionals and when I should just let them get on. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a, I can't remember what the abbreviation was, but there was this really good thing. It was something like ask, ask, Brian, ask Brian or something like that. And there was, a, it just takes you through this scenario whereby is it an if emergency? If the main thing is, is essentially you turning around and giving her an injection or an epidural or putting her in stirrups or whatever it may well be. Is it actually yeah. making your life easier or is there a huge potential risk and things like that, you know, and just so I've got a little bit more, you know, it sounds a bit crazy, but a little bit more control of the situation so Carly can just crack on and do the getting the baby out part without having to worry about them doing things that she's not 100% sure of on the si- at the time. Yeah, which it doesn't sound crazy at all, wanting like to get a little bit of control back on the situation. I, I think that's, Hendrik wasn't able to come to, he came to one NCT and I had, I went through our birth plan in like a lot of detail with him. So he knew if something went wrong that exactly what you're saying, I didn't want to go into stirrups. I didn't want to have an epidural unless it was like life threatening and baby had to come out. I think it's really, really clever because there are so many guys who haven't got a clue and then they get to the labor ward and they're like, well, there's nothing I can do. So yeah, exactly. I think, it's, I think it's, it's one of those things. It's a, it's a culture thing, you know. One of the things that I found really interesting myself is, you know, a lot of a lot of guys don't really want to get involved because they don't really know how to. It's that thing of yeah. you really aren't going through it, so you can't relate. So you switch off and go, "I'm not going to try and relate." Yeah. You know, it doesn't it doesn't matter how many times Carly tells me she has pelvic pain. There's I've never had an any any better answer than, "Oh, that sucks. I don't really know." What to do. <laughs> late to that but it yeah. doesn't mean that you can't be involved no. uh, so I just think that things like the the course that we did the antenatal course was fantastic for that because it gave us a little bit more of a a purpose I guess yeah. you know so you're not just a sperm donor and then a dad at the end <laughs> together. Um, and it was really good for me for that and it just means I now literally have no worries other yeah. than okay well I'll just because I know that he's just going to know what to do with himself and he can sort all those things he knows what I do and don't want so I can just stay focused and and yeah and that we're a team I won't have to sit there going oh is he okay has he got enough snacks is he bored is he do you know I'm a people pleaser so I'll be worrying that he's sitting there like can you hurry up so yeah. if I don't have to think about that that would be great yeah, <laughs> yeah I think we've got um hypnobirth and we're going to do a weekend oh, of hypnobirth a few weeks and We've both got uh, first aid for our job, obviously, yeah. but we're doing a child resus course. course just because, mm-hmm. you know, first aid is it's a beautiful thing to have and it's very important for public liability and stuff. But yeah. the the child resus course that I did was, was part of it. It wasn't the whole thing. So mm-hmm. you naturally forget things and oversee things. And you, it's it was quite a haunting thing to do, even though it was on a doll. But I would much rather be haunted by what could potentially happen and be in that situation for love, in real life and be like, oh, I can't remember, is it breathe first or is it pulse first and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So We did got- exactly the same thing, exactly yeah. the same. We did hypnobirthing and we also had a lady come and do a first aid course. It was mini first aid um, and she did one here and it was brilliant. Yeah. And now I feel like, you know, if she does this weird thing where sometimes it sounds like she's choking, she's not because they've got an amazing gag reflex at this age, but... If she was, I know exactly what to do, and it just yeah. makes yeah. me feel so much better. So I think that's really sensible. I think it should be mandatory, personally. Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone I should think, do it. I think it's so important. It just instills confidence, which is yeah. what you want, because everything is just so new and strange, and you feel quite alone on stuff. So I just think anything like that is really important. And also, for us, it's great, but also having a following online, it's nice, because I'm going to share all those things, and then if it helps 10% make a decision or yeah. learn something then, you know, it feels worthwhile. Can you grab a charger, babe? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to ask one question, but I will ask that when I um, when it comes back. Are you nervous about anything in particular about um, your birth? Not about the birth. There's nothing about the birth I'm nervous about. I'm more nervous, I guess, being self-employed. I'm, yes. I'm more nervous post-baby about juggling having a baby and being self-employed and mm. being a good wife and a, a mum to a dog, you know, that kind of stuff. It's more the, the juggling things. And I guess there's a percentage of me that knows a lot of people like to see people fail because that's something that... Was very know, negative, unfortunately. People can be quite negative. So, <laughs> yeah, so that's probably my only thing is that I'm more... Um, more aware that people are probably waiting to see what happens like after all this is she going to have a good labor or you know is she going to struggle to do her job that's my only thing and they're just things I'll just have to figure out as I go I'm really lucky because Leon's so supportive and we are both self-employed so we can juggle it more but um I mean I host retreats around the world and I've got my first retreat which is in April so wow might be that old but Leon's going to be stay-at-home dad which is I think totally acceptable but some people have been like I can't believe you're going to leave your baby at home with some with somebody else I'm like well it's the dad yeah yeah so it's more the kind of criticism of you know being a working mum I guess that I, I get nervous about sometimes yeah, which is completely understandable. And actually, I was going to ask you about that. But before I do go on to that, I just wanted to ask Leon, are you nervous about seeing Carly in discomfort in labour? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very much so. Um, I, I totally understand that it's a normal thing. It's very primal. There's going to be sounds and visions that will oh, probably yeah. out of my head, I'm <laughs> sure. But um, I think now, if you'd asked me this, just into the second trimester, I would have been a lot more worried than I am now. Um, because when we got into the second trimester, as Carly said, she started to feel a few aches and pains. And I went through a period of time where um, I wasn't particularly interested, for want of a better word, in the bump, because it was starting to make her feel uncomfortable. She had to sleep in different positions. She was having the pelvic pain and that kind of stuff. And I was finding it really hard to connect. Mm. I was like, well, there's a bump there. I'm not very good at being six months in the future. I'm very good, very good for day by day. That's just the way that I live. And I was like, we had the scan and it suddenly went from that to this baby. And I was like, well, there's six months of us being a married couple, then being able to go on holiday and spend time together and all that kind of stuff that I didn't really want to miss out on. So I had this period of time where I was like, stop making my wife be in pain <laughs> and let us just chill out and all the real selfish, you know, one dimensional things that I just had to work through. Um, and it was quite hard at the time, but now I'm like, well, yes, it's going to kind of suck that she's going to be in pain, but you know, it's easy for me it's to say, but pain. it's going to, it's a different pain. It's an yeah. arrival pain. It's a, it's a pain that is part of the process, you know, and you know, as crude as it sounds and it's going to be on a whole different level, but it's the same reason I go and squat every week. You know, I don't, <laughs> squatting is not comfortable. It is painful every time I squat, but it doesn't stop me doing it, you know, because I'm in search of bigger quads. <laughs> pain is part of the process, but it will definitely be, you know, at the highest point of pain that will be very hard for me to watch Carly go through. Yeah. But then I'll just do be robotic mode. It will just go into, you know, where does she want me to rub on the lower back or does she want me to hold her hips or do I just take the pain and deal with a couple of broken things? <laughs> yeah. uh, just be, hopefully it'll just, I think it'll all just be again instinctive. It should just all kick in and it's that environment and the buzz of the room. It'll all just, you know, fade Absolutely. into one. 
And then he'll probably take a picture of me for months afterwards about whatever noises I make. No, it's just going to be the, <laughs> gonna have the, best, the best drunk stories ever. It's like when your, your partner first gets really drunk and makes an idiot of themselves. I think it's just going to be that. It's going to be gold dust for the next couple of years of, do you know what she called me when <laughs> seven centimetres dilated? Do you know what she called me? Well, I think dads are often really forgotten in this whole process, especially in the labour room, I think. I mean, our midwife was great and kept asking Hendrik how he was, but I think, you know, you kind of really have to stand on your own two feet when when yeah. your wife's going through labour, and it can be really scary. Yeah, I think it, it's going to be, you know, again, it's. I think the biggest thing is the fear of the unknown. Um, I think a lot of it, you can kind of go in with like a rabbit in headlights and you've seen one born every minute and you've heard all the horror stories and all that kind of stuff. So you're naturally going to worry and build it up a lot more than what you should do. Mm. But one thing I've always done with clients who suffer with a little bit of social anxiety or that kind of stuff, they're scared of big groups of people or when they go into new environments or whatever it may well be, is I always do visualization techniques with them. And I've done exactly the same with myself. I've driven us to the, I've sat there and I've driven us to the, to the hospital. I've walked around the room. I've played out every potential thing that I think, you know, on a, a very basic clinical level, uh, what happens if there's complications? What happens if she has an epidural? What happens if baby's born and it doesn't breathe straight away and we have to be separated and that kind of stuff? There's all, all the worst to the, the most beautiful. There's a lovely little soundtrack going. I'm just mopping her head and then baby is, <laughs> cries like a Lion King moment and it's fantastic. You know, I've played it in my head from all the good to the most horrible scenarios potentially that could happen. And it instantly just makes me feel at least 50 to 60% more comfortable with, you know, going in there and just seeing what actually happens. And then, you know, the rest is just screw it. We'll deal with it when it happens. Yeah. Awesome. Have you packed your hospital bag yet? You did it yesterday. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, we so. just we did it and filmed it, and it was quite funny. And it's been so lovely having people comment on that kind of stuff. I've had so many people's tips on things. But, yeah, we, we packed it. So that made it feel much more real and more organized. Mm. Um, we just got to get his stuff and, like, some snacks and stuff. But, yeah, it's we've got to be, like, 15 got boxes of Jaffa cakes. Yeah. Right <laughs> all the big pants and all the pads and all the leaking things. And, oh, my gosh. But, yeah, it looks like there's lots of stuff. But oh, my God. Big so big got, well, Carly's done her packing. Yeah. But now just got to unpack the whole thing and repack it because it's He's me gonna who's going to be essentially going through the bag. So yeah. I just need to – because Carly's definition of packing is very – very regimen. Anal. Yeah, and I'm like, well, there's, there's anal and then there's practical, and I need I need practical in that situation. Definitely. So wash the baby's clothes and then I'll pop it all back in there. I packed mine and I remember asking Hendrik for something and he had no idea what he was doing or where he was looking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in the end, That's the midwife just did it. Yeah. <laughs> Have you got a massive bag? I always think it's really funny when people are like, my bag is ginormous. There's so much stuff. I, I don't know at the moment it's not it's like a little you know like a hand luggage bag that you yeah. take on a plane which is kind of got that because also again we're 10 minutes from home so if there's something massive that we've forgotten we can go back and get it yeah. but 
yeah, we've just, I think we've got like the key essentials and I don't think... We've got enough for about 24 hours, really. Yeah, yeah that's all you need. So, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, a lot of people have been like, you really need enough for like three days and like, that's not enough nappies. And I'm like... <laughs> Moving into the hospital. Uh, I, I'm sure we can like send people out and we've got family here and stuff. So I don't think we're going to need a mental amount of stuff unless something goes wrong. So I'm just planning for it all being okay and then we'll fix it after that. Exactly. I think I used one thing from my hospital bag and yeah. I can't even remember what that was, like face. Oh no, it was my speaker. That was it. Yeah, um, everyone was like, "Take makeup, makeup remover." And I was like, "Guys, I'm not going to have makeup." Oh no! Like, Who you're talking to? I'm not going to have that glamorous photo where I've got like my hair. It's not happening. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I know earlier you touched on being self-employed and being slightly nervous about how everything's going to work out and how uh, you're going to juggle it. Um, obviously in pregnancy it's you've just cracked on and just kept doing everything which is just incredible and amazing well done um so Leon's gonna be stay-at-home dad are you gonna keep doing your lean machines stuff or how how do you think it's gonna work yeah so the the best most beautiful scenario we're gonna plan to do three days each so um obviously like it's, it's kind of just coincidental that john my business partner the other lean machine is him and his partner are due in on the first of february oh wow so it's almost like, it's, like <laughs> it's, it's the weirdest conversations but everyone's like well did you plan this and i'm like oh yeah we had walkie talkies i'm like yeah this is the go <laughs> um but yeah i think again we're just very close we've always been in the same friendship groups and i think it's one of those things that you know this kind of age without sounding too old-fashioned things do feel a little bit more oh that's a little bit more relaxed and it's cool and that kind of stuff and I think maybe the fact that we were a little bit more relaxed about it and didn't worry so much I think it might have encouraged them to just be like oh yeah cool we're all in the same boat you know what it's like once one person pops then everyone in the group goes yeah um so luckily it makes my life a lot easier in terms of the business side of things but we're just hoping that all of the actual practical elements of our job i.e. going to london or filming and we've got shoots and that kind of stuff which mean me not being at home specifically we can get done in three days and then the rest of the time carly would do the opposite and then i obviously have online clients and stuff which they're, they're global so i can do all of that over on the laptop so oh, that's the most beautiful scenario but the main thing that we've said will be out will be as much traveling and the indulgent stuff that we used to do because it was Great, like it's been phenomenal. But like the last four years, we've just we're both we've of us traveled. Lucky. We've traveled so much, and it's we've we've made we've said that we wanted to travel as far as we possibly could. You know, in the first part of our relationship. So now that when little one comes, we can enjoy Europe and Scandinavia and a little yeah. bit of our beautiful country that we haven't seen on like some of the shorter flights while it's young. So. But I think work-wise, we're going to, um, my first, I've got like a an Edinburgh festival that I've got to go and do a panel at, and that's going to be like a month after, mm-hmm. but I think that's probably quite a nice way to do it because it'll be a short flight and the young can come too, and it will just increase that confidence, which is all you really want to get. Um, and yeah, in premise, everything will, I'm going to go offline for two weeks as soon as baby arrives, nice. um, just because I... I just want to be able to just be together for a while without having the world come in and also let friends and family meet little one before the world does. does. Um, And, and then I'll be back online and I guess you'll probably see baby as much as you would our dog, Stephen. It's kind of how I feel at the moment, but I mean, you just never know. Um, Yeah. I think the only thing is the sort of more networking um, going to London for events and things. That's probably the thing that will just kind of go out the window for a little while until Mm -hmm. we've got into a routine. 
But again, I think most brands understand that and they oh, yeah. just they'll kind of be like, well, let's just have a Skype call. You know, that we don't need to meet for a coffee. Let's just have a chat over the phone um, until we get into a better routine. But you just never know how it's going to go. But hopefully um, it will all work out. Fine. I think the thing is as well is it definitely won't be as simple as Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, no. mine. But <laughs> that's never going to happen you with our work. Boobs, it's just exactly that. It's a... Uh, when we do have days in London and stuff, you know, sometimes the the beauty of being self-employed and stuff is, you know, me and John will go for a meeting in London and then we'll go for a workout in our favourite CrossFit box and chill out, have a couple of coffees and then we'll come home. It won't be like that. You know, it's like the business days will be, if we're going to go to London, it will be back to back from 10am to 6pm and then come back home. You know, it's just, it's just going to take a little bit more planning, um, but it'll be fine, I'm sure. It sounds like you guys have it nailed already. But at least, at least, like staying super relaxed about it is going to be. Oh, don't grizzle! Sorry, she's starting to grizzle. Oh, wow. <laughs> really well. so well. I'm just bouncing ferociously with my foot. Have you got a baby Bjorn bouncer? No, we haven't. Do you recommend that? Oh my goodness! So I just got mine um, secondhand off Facebook Marketplace for thirty quid because they're super expensive. But it has been a godsend. Okay. It is absolutely like brilliant. little rocker, like I think there's a Charlie Crane rocker or something. That's, but, a, that's a bouncer, though. Yeah, but is it like a bouncer? But that, something like that. Oh, I don't know. There's so many things. But yeah, <laughs> anything you think we need, then let us know. I've been oh, like, I will. I, all my friends are like, you do realize when you have little one, you're just going to be stuck to the sofa holding it the whole time. And I'm like, I, I totally appreciate that that is something that people do. It's not something I can do yeah. for a long period of time. So I'm going to be needing to move around and stuff. So. I've been looking at everything I can. That means there's like some hands-free moment. Yes, <laughs> and you do, and you lose your hands. You absolutely yeah. lose your hands. I would highly recommend a baby wrap, which I'm sure you've probably yeah. got. Or yeah, we've got like a, a baby Bjorn one, and yeah. we've got a, like a normal, just like just like a normal holdable one. Yeah, solid yeah. baby wrap one or something. Perfect. That's what you need because then you can do all of your jobs around the house or reply to emails, and you've got hands. <laughs> got your hands back. Brush your teeth. Yeah, perfect. I would it's love always to a <laughs> exactly always a bonus you could even get in the shower wearing a wrap i guess yeah, why not that's true. <laughs> yeah so hopefully we will have some hands-free moments so that'll be good oh brilliant so i just wanted to touch on fitness obviously it's both of your jobs um from kind of for advice for mums out there new mums out there and also pregnant women out there what would you advise them to do if they are kind of already fit or if they're just wanting to keep like keep kind of on top of it as they go through their pregnancy, keep strong? What would you advise that people do? Um, should I go first? I'll go first. So I have to admit that it was actually a minefield and I had done my pre and postnatal previous to being pregnant anyway. And the rules that kind of read there were very regimented. And when I found out I was pregnant, it's totally different when it's your own body. You yeah. do, to all the mums, you do know your body better than anybody else knows it. So the first thing I'd say is if you were exercising prior to pregnancy, you can continue to do what you were doing before, but you just want to reduce the intensity to like 75% or whatever feels good. Reduce the weight because there's no need to be going so heavy, especially with relaxing in your body. It just isn't. It's not optimal to do like a 100 kilo deadlift with relaxing. You don't want your spine to combust. So you just don't need that. Um, and you want to up the rest, you know, everything we're out of breath more. And then also if you're someone who's feeling very sick, then you don't want to go and train when you're feeling sick. So you want to kind of schedule it around when you feel your best and have your highest energy levels. So that's probably that what I would say for that. Mm. But if you weren't exercising prior to being pregnant, 
then I wouldn't tell you to go and do CrossFit, run a marathon, any of those things. That's out. There's no need. But what I would say is walking is always amazing. And in the first trimester, if walking's not hard enough for you, just a backpack with some water bottles in is always good. Um, swimming. And then there's so many classes in most areas, um, like pregnancy yoga or antenatal. There's a lot of classes out there where you can learn. And if you don't have that, then maybe even invest in a trainer that you could just see just to give you some tips, someone who's qualified, or maybe have a trainer during your pregnancy. Um, it's all just about the confidence, but just know that your body will tell you what feels okay. Like, funnily enough, I can do CrossFit, but walking and talking, I'm so out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one thing I noticed. And then, you know, then you just have to think safety. Is it worthwhile I don't know, going upside down and doing a handstand? Yeah. Probably not, unless you're a gymnast. Do you really yeah. need to hold on to that? Is it worth doing kind of a jumping, high-impact movement in case you fall? Probably not. So you just start to look at things and be like, do more functional movements, as in you want to continue to squat because that is sitting down and getting up. Mm -hmm. You want to continue lunging because you're going to be lunging when you're holding the baby because you're not going to have hands. You have to get up off the floor. Um, deadlifts, picking things up, just keeping yourself strong. Yeah, I think the main thing, which is very hard, we've, I've only really realized this so much through Carly's experience and some of the comments she's been getting, is that there's such an an attachment to f movement and fitness mm. with aesthetics and the, pr the approach for pregnancy is not aesthetics no it's strength and preparation so yeah. if especially if people have never trained before it's really important because a lot of people go i bloody hate training because i've only ever trained when i've wanted to lose weight for my holiday and there's mm. such a negative attachment att attached to it and i think it's teaching people that if they're doing these movements, they're keeping themselves strong, they're working on their pelvic floor, they're helping with the diastasis recti, that kind of stuff, it's going to set them up for a much better experience during labor because it is a bloody endurance workout at the time. Yeah. But not only that, but also afterwards, long term, the recovery process, you know, you know, just, you know, let's, let's say it was a perfect, perfect labor and there wasn't, you know, C-sections and that kind of stuff, which even C-sections have done a lot better now for muscle repair. But it's more about setting yourself up for after, I think. And I think it's also, you know, you're going to give yourself the best potential recovery and labor if you do something just to move. But I think before any of that, it's a detaching this, the association with aesthetics because, that is going to be a real ego blow when you suddenly can't run or you suddenly yeah. can't double unders. You know, when you're when you're doing stuff for those reasons mm -hmm. uh, rather than just performance and health, um, it makes it a, a little bit harder mentally. But I think get that set in your get that set in your mind straight away. Then everything else that you do, as Kylie said, your body will give you the feedback. And then if you're unsure, get a professional's opinion. But again, nine times out of ten, most professionals in the industry are going to be educated on that real regimen thing of mm. trimester one you can do this stuff then trimester two all of these movements go out the window then trimester three lay Nothing. on your side the pre and the postnatal kind of book if you want to call it that but mm. um yeah i think a lot of it is just trust yourself a little bit more and if you're unsure you know of a movement whether it feels right or not normally go by discomfort levels of discomfort and you know doms are doms we all know what doms are if you're gonna ache you're gonna ache but if you're gonna ache for a prolonged period of time in a joint it normally means that you've probably done too much mm. yeah and your body really does tell you like i've had workouts where 
I one day I'm totally fine to do a move and the next day even thinking about doing it it's something goes off in your head and you're like you know I just I can't do that one today and you just know yeah um, so that's really good but I definitely say the most worrying thing I found is people asking me how to you know maintain a small physique while pregnant no. and that is just not I mean I'm it's it's tough when someone goes oh my gosh you're huge like look how big you are when are you gonna drop it's, you know, those are still words that we're not used to hearing as women. We're used to always thinking that we want to be smaller or whatever, but um, your bump is going to do whatever it wants to do and your body is going to expand in whatever way it wants to. Absolutely. Some people just got a whole face and body and some people are just bumped. And really, you can fix all of that afterwards, but try not to focus on that being the reason why you're working out. Because if that's the reason why you're working out, then you're not going to be getting the results that you want or taking care of yourself at all. Listen to that advice, people. Top <laughs> advice. <laughs> Nutrition-wise, have you made any change to your diet at all, or you, 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 you're not vegan, are you? That's already okay. been the hardest thing for you. That's <laughs> an interesting thing. I've learned so much. So first off, pre-pregnancy, I was a pescatarian and didn't really do dairy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was more because dairy I never really enjoyed that much anyway. But I think when you decide to stop eating meat, you realize the dairy industry is pretty similar. So I just stopped. Um, but within the first trimester, I think it was within like seven, eight weeks. You the steak. Whew. <laughs> like I was, yeah, I felt super weak. I was very faint a lot and I really fancied meat. And that's so bizarre to me because I hadn't eaten meat for quite a long time. So It's just um, the iron and B12. I think yeah. the body was just going, I need this yeah. and I yeah. need the protein. So. You really realize that your body is so clever. I mean, I do know a lot about nutrition, but my body has done things that I, education-wise, did not know. So, for example, um, I was eating so much wet lettuce, wet Romanian lettuce. Now, that is the saddest craving I've ever had in my entire <laughs> life. I've always thought lettuce is really pointless, so I was like, come on, let it be cheesecake, but it was wet lettuce. And I think that's something like vitamin C and vitamin D in it that I didn't know I was lacking. Um, and then recently... You had the quinine in your... Yeah, skin. recently. So I've suffered a bit with restless leg syndrome yeah. in the last couple of weeks, and I was like, oh, this is really frustrating. And for the first time ever, my body started craving uh, fizzy water, just, yeah, sparkling water, started drinking it and I could drink loads of it, Googled it and it contains quinine, which helps with the rest of the leg. I didn't know that, but your body, it just draws you to what it needs. So I decided very early on that I'm a home right now. And while I'm a home, I'll do whatever it wants to be, you know, healthy and have a successful pregnancy. And then when the baby's um, here, I'll probably just go back to my previous habits. Yeah. Um, also, you haven't massively overindulged. No, that's, I mean, I, I've, been, been um, I've definitely had a McDonald's or two. I cannot lie about that. That's happened. Salt, needed it all the time. Um, I've eaten, every, there isn't anything I haven't eaten. Um, but at the same time, I haven't, I wouldn't say, yeah, I wouldn't say I've overeaten because I've just generally have kind of wanted just like three meals as per mm. usual. Um, and obviously exercise has stayed in. So that's probably kind of helped the two. Uh, but yeah, I have to say, wet lettuce is a pretty lame craving to have. That's pretty poor. Yeah. I would have expected wines or something. <laughs> <laughs> Sparkling water. Yeah, I think I've had more more cravings. I've eaten more Terry's chocolate oranges in this than I've eaten in my bloody life. <laughs> so, what I found has been quite funny in my kind of little group of because I taught some prenatal yoga and we all became really close. Our babies are within like a couple of weeks of each other, which is really nice. But all of the dads are really nervous about getting dad bods. Yeah. It's hilarious. And even Hendrik, he woke up this morning before he went to work. He was like, I think I'm getting a dad bod. (laughs) 
Um, uh, First of all, I have to offer a lot of context before I give my answer to this. I (laughs) live at home and I have a career that is driven by health and fitness. So I have a duty in brackets to actually train anyway. And obviously I'm educated, which makes it a damn sight easier for me than a lot of other dads out there. But this was a genuine worry of mine because, again, this was just every other dad out there who had a dad bod, who had a child and then decided that they were going to stop moving. And in the nicest possible way, I actually did a um, an expo, the SFN Expo, and had to do a main stage talk there. And I answered this lady's question about becoming parents and stuff. And the look on this guy's face when I said it, it you could see how much it hurt him. But sometimes the truth hurts and you have to hear it. And I just said, I was like, I've met too many people in my life that have almost got a little bit of blame attached to their child because there's so many people that I've met who have gone, well, I used to be in, wait until you've had kids. I used to be in great shape. And then I had a kid and then it all went out the fucking window. And I'm like, that's a really resentful attitude to have towards your child. You know, at the end of the day, yes, I'm probably going to do as much activity as it means getting up, walking over to the cupboard and getting something out of the cupboard that's probably about as much shoulder activation I'm going to get for the first couple of weeks I might just kind of move a little bit when I feel like it but I have already said that my training will only change short term uh the the way in which that I train like the volume I train six times a week at the moment and you know the sessions will last at least an hour and a half long mm-hmm. I'm not deluded enough to think that that's going to continue like that but again, like I said, with the education, I'm now able to turn around and go, okay, well, I need to get this amount of work done. I need to cover this much areas. And I just condense it and I just change the stimulus. But um, Also, you've kind of decided wise, that you're going to be in control of like food. He's a really good cook. So when little one's here, he's really good at doing like slow cooker meals and those amazing. kind of things. So yeah. that will obviously help because nutrition is kind of the biggest factor there. You guys are tired and you've got a little one keeping you up and you just grab fast food. Yeah. If- prevent that then that will make life so much easier yeah i think you know one thing i've realized is every relationship i've ever been in sorry you have the longest one you've done pretty well um (laughs) women are and every person i've met women are better at being tired and cracking on than guys yeah i don't know it's just something that i don't know whether it's a sex thing or whether it's just i don't know but i've never met a woman who can't just crack on in the morning you know, and that's one of those things where, you know, guys tend to make absolutely hideous decisions when they're really tired. And I think that's where a lot of this dad bod stuff comes from, is yeah. that they suddenly become really, really tired. They've gone back to work. They're going absolutely mental and all the rest of it. And then it's just like, ah, oh, screw it. I'm going to have chips. Oh, I'm going to have McDonald's. And then it gets to the weekend and you start becoming the person who lives for the weekend because you can't wait to have a beer and wind down. Mm. Whereas, you know, I'm going to, as much as I possibly can, try and avoid that. It's like, if I feel tired, I'm like, right. If I've got food prep, I'm absolutely fine. It's probably going to suck and it's not going to be the same as a Mars bar, but <laughs> we need Mars at that point. I think it's just being mindful, hopefully. Absolutely. So in the two of us, we can make that work. But we totally understand how dads feel and how women feel on that. It's a question that we get from so many people. So yeah. um, Well, that's where our content's going to be going. You know, one of the things that me and John said is that we're not 23, 24-year-old lads wearing fake tan and walking around topless all the time like we were when, when the channel first started. Mm-hmm. It was purely about aesthetics because of the environment we trained in and worked in whereas now with experience with clients and the way that they kind of 
tick upstairs. And the way that we train now is a lot more performance-driven and health-driven, and it's done whether it's mental health or physical health. Mm. And one of the things that will change when we become fathers or dads is we've always said we want to be those cool dads. The the Mm. dads are still working. They've still got their shit together, and they're still able to go to the gym. But then if you see them walking down the street, they don't look like a zombie with a baby strapped to the front. (laughs) I know that's going to happen to start with, but I still... I'm still vain, you know. I still want to look good. I still want to look after myself. He wants to be because, a dill. Yeah, I still want. I still want Carla to find me just as attractive, and I know she'll find me attractive just because I'm a dad and I'm. Yeah. I'm there, but for me, you, you're still. I still think, regardless of you know, we become a family, but Carly's still her own individual with her own needs, and I'm still going to be my individual with my own needs, and I still need to feel good in myself to be a good husband and to be a good dad as well. But maybe ask us for a podcast like three months after. And- <laughs> <laughs> you will definitely have to come back on. <laughs> like the best dad bod you've ever seen. In my words. Carly, you're going to love the hormones you get once you've given birth. You literally are just buzzed. Really? It's really funny. Everyone tells you to like nap when the baby naps. I could not. I was like running around the house, doing cleaning, tidying, doing all the laundry because it just... It just keeps you going and just, I mean, they have all gone now, not going to lie. I could definitely go to sleep right now. But yeah, they're brilliant. And the men obviously don't get, you don't get that. You don't get those hormones. No, I've had a lot of people, I mean, I've, I haven't had anyone say that to me, so I love that you've said that. Everyone's gone, Carly, you need to start napping now, and you need to be going to bed early no, and all that stuff. I'm not I a very good napper anyway, I, I never have been. Um, so I was a bit like, oh, crap, like, we've still been going to bed at 10 and waking up at, like, 7. That's just how it's always been. Yeah. Um, but I did kind of panic. But, yeah, I'm hoping for that because I just don't think I can see myself changing in that way. I think I've had mm-hmm. five naps this entire pregnancy. Yeah, I think I'm a bit <laughs> I had a serial nap issue, didn't you I? had a serial nap issue. For about three issue. years, I used to just it was because I wasn't really enjoying my job I'd come home from a shift at my job and I'd just lay there and it's it's actually got a lot better now but but he was always more tired so I think you know sometimes when you do that you're more tired there's a sweet spot in there 20 to 30 minutes is like optimal 31 minutes and you're screwed I'm just aggressive after a nap I wake up and I'm really aggressive it's like where's that come from I'm just like just put me back to bed I'm kind of looking forward to seeing trimester four because everyone says but that's the hardest one and uh, day three just to lock yourself indoors and yeah I just kind of want to see what happens and see if I can help people out with that once I've experienced it. Mm. My husband's French and he loves to nap and he was the one taking all the naps when Amorgan was born. <laughs> he was there napping and I was like I could really do with like I don't know a bit of a sit down and he'd be like well just after my nap. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we've already kind of figured out that because of the type of person Carly is, she's quite busy, that when she really needs a nap, the goal is going to be for me to take little one out because she won't want a nap yeah, if the baby's yeah. in the environment. Yeah. Even if I go for a walk around the block and she can get 10, 15 minutes because, again, it just takes away that guilt and that yeah. worry because somebody else is going to be there. If we were to both turn around and people go and nap when the baby naps, if both of us are there to nap, it's only going to be me who's going yeah. to miss. So. Yeah. The best thing that Hendrik ever did for me was I would do the last morning feed at kind of around half past five, six o'clock, and then Hendrik would come in and take the baby and I would sleep for another three hours, two, three yeah. hours, and That's that cool. was awesome. That was awesome. Um, because yeah, if you nap with baby in the room, it's not going to happen. 
no. won't happen. So on just just finish off the dad bod thing. If you've got like 15 minutes as a dad, you just want to go outside. Like Hendrik will go for a run because he really enjoys that. But if you're not a runner and you just want to bash something out in 15 minutes, it's going to make a difference. What would you suggest? Um, if it was just body weight. Yeah, yeah, I think if you wanted to actually spend no money whatsoever and you just wanted to use the space that you've got, you would need a space that this would be the weirdest thing to say to somebody. But say they laid on their front, spread their arms out and their legs out, yeah. they should be able to do a full circle. Okay. <laughs> Sounds really weird. But that's <laughs> enough space for somebody to work out in. And all I would suggest is look at your main levers. The main things that I'm going to say are squats, compound lifts, there's a compound movement, you're gonna, it's a multi-joint action, it's going to burn tons of calories. Say, for instance, you did 15-year squats. And then you would go into 15 push-ups and then you would do 15 burpees and then you could do 10 of those. Then you could do five of those and you could repeat it. You know, it's just a case of, you know, a lot of people when they do body weight stuff, they try and adopt the way that they used to do it at the gym when they had resistance and it just won't be as effective. So some people will sit there and try and do like a tricep dip. I'm like, yeah. but that, that's a really good movement, but it's just working one muscle. And when it comes everything. to like moving and when you want to just burn fat and you want to feel good, it's multi-joint action. So I would just set up a simple circuit and think legs, squats or lunges, perfect, full body, things like burpees or squat thrusts or squat jumps, and then push-ups, which are going to work the upper body or the arms primarily, but they're also going to work the chest and the core for stabilization as well. And just spend 10 to 15 minutes moving. And you can do different rep ranges. I always do a classic for me is 10 to 1, mm-hmm. um, which is 10 of each exercise, and then 9, then 8, then 7, all the way down to 1 of each. Or you can do 20 of each, then 15 of each, 10 of each. Simple little patterns like that just to kind of keep you moving. Or even simpler, if you really feel like you don't know much of exercise, just write down any moves you've heard of that sound like they're going to use a lot of your body. And when a TV advert's on, when little ones sleep, when you're cooking the food, just keep doing it continuously until it's over. That works quite well, like during an advert breaks two minutes, microwave meal, any of that kind of stuff, that works really well. And not to plug, because we never do that, but you do have a plan, and I've got a plan. Yeah. So if anyone needs, and we've, I've got a pregnancy one coming out, I'm just waiting to finish this last bit yeah. to make sure it's fully tested the whole way through. But we've got very quick, easy workouts for people that just don't want to spend money, don't have much time, and don't want to have any equipment. So Brilliant. Where can people find those? Um, mine's is under at Carla and yours is at the yeah, machine. So mine is okay. um, two different plans. So it comes in one, so you get both regardless. But um, one is a gym plan and one is a home plan. I will say on the home plan, there will be the need for something like a kettlebell, okay. uh, which you can get for like 10 quid anywhere at some point later on in the plan. But it's like a 12-week home plan and you don't really need it's minimal equipment. And that's uh, it's called Lean for Life Volume 1 and that's at shop.theleanmachines.com. Oh, brilliant. Great. Yeah. There you go, peeps. <laughs> the one looks so cute. <laughs> She's done so well. She's done the hello. Well, babe, so good. She has been pretty good. She had she's had a lot of milk this morning. <laughs> Just lots and lots of top-ups. <laughs> so I've got a couple of I I've taken up so much of your time, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I've got a couple of um, questions, which I ask normally at the end of kind of every podcast like this, which is just stuff mums want to know. They're like quick fire questions. Um, But actually, the first one isn't really a quick fire question. Do you feel prepared? Have you done your nursery? That kind of stuff. 
Yeah, we feel prepared. We're, I'd say we're done, other than amazing. Our like um, push chair and stuff. We haven't checked if it fits in the car. Okay. I have mini, so we're a bit like, oh, we're kind of holding it off. Um, but yeah, we've got everything we think, other than a breast pump at the moment. But I have ordered one, so I think we've got everything, and we're pretty prepared. Probably more prepared than than normal for things. But just because I know I'm going to be away next year when little one's here, and I just don't want to have to do a room once. So we just got it a space. Um, and yeah, we've got the nursery tour goes up. I think it goes up on YouTube on Thursday. So I'm so oh, excited. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're pretty much done, aren't we? Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say probably prepared's the wrong word. <laughs> <laughs> probably ready, um, because for whatever comes, we'll be ready for it. I think that yeah, we've done everything we could do. Yes, yeah. makes it so real, doesn't it? Getting all of the baby bits in. And, yeah. Oh I my think goodness! The car seat made the weirdest thing for me because it looks a bit like there's a baby in it. It's yes. kind of got that shape, and I was just like, is something gonna be in that? Yeah, the car seat was the. That was the one where I was like, okay, we're having a baby. I have a mini as well, and it I didn't check that the pram went in the boot, and oh my gosh, it's literally within an inch. <laughs> within an inch it goes in, well, wheels off, get? everything. Who did you go with? Pardon? Who did you go with for the pram? We got a Jules Geo, so it was one that can be converted into two in case we have another one oh. um, quite soon in the future. What did you go with? We went with Stocker in the end. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, just their bits, so it was just higher and we're quite tall, so we thought that would work. So we're going to, I don't know, but if not, Leon's got a one, so he's got a BMW, so we'll, we're just using a different car. <laughs> <laughs> and what car seat did you go with? Same. We did the Stocker because the whole thing all fits. Oh, in. brilliant. And, you know, yeah, it's all just easy yeah. and you just have everything all in one, so that's what we went for. Um, for pretty much all of those bits didn't we yeah, just, yeah, we just walked into the shop they were so handy and helpful and we just loved the design and the thought into it so that was what we ended up going with nice amazing um what else have I got on here okay baby names I'm not going to ask what they are because obviously no one wants to share that we definitely didn't um how did you go about the process has this been something that you've been chatting about <laughs> since day one or how have you been doing it this is so crude. Um, so we didn't we didn't do the usual. Let's get a book of baby names. No, and choose no. the book. Um, we fell in love with a name for um, a boy based on something we watched, and we're like, that name is amazing. So just yeah. kept it, and then randomly, then we were like, oh, that could work for a girl. Yeah. Too. Then randomly, it was purely just random. Then like you hear names all the time, and this one boy name set in and we're like that's really cool we like that and then this one girl name randomly came out of the air and then I didn't even realize that it was very much attached to something and I was like oh that's really cool and that was it yeah so we've got two unisex names technically awesome be used either way but then obviously yeah. when it comes we might be like no it doesn't like either Look, of that those. looks like a jaw um, <laughs> <laughs> so right now right now we have two names that could suit either sex oh that's br- that that's the best that's the best way we had like 10 in the end and I said to Hendrix we are both absolutely horrendous decision makers I was like I am not leaving the hospital until we have a name for our daughter yeah it must be it must be hard as well because did you say that he's French as well yeah so you've got so you've got English and French and then there's that collaboration of the two that you've got to kind of start whittling down who's who's gonna win yeah (laughs) it was really difficult because to find it there are beautiful French names or so everyone kept telling me but it's really difficult to find one that English people can say well. Yeah, yeah exactly and, 
even with Amandine, it's still quite difficult. We had someone call her Anodyne the other day. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and our surname's quite difficult as well to pronounce. So, oh my gosh, she could have some issues. But she has got three names, so she can just pick from any one of those. Yeah. She can pick. <laughs> she can pick, exactly. Is there anything else that you want to share? Or is there anything that you want to ask me? Is there anything you want to share with the listeners? Before we go. you want to share? Well, for pregnancy. Or any advice, or is there anything that you know now that you wish you'd known, or um, the most useful bit of information you've been given, anything? I think think the main thing, from a guy's perspective, sorry to just sound like sexist, um, but from a guy's perspective, I think the main thing is communicate with your partner. Mm-hmm. It should be. It should definitely be a, a two-way street. Uh, th- there was a real fundamental point into the second trimester where we had where Carly's body no longer just belonged to her, and it was it was obviously changing physically and hormonally and all that kind of stuff. And there's this there's this beautiful moment where sex suddenly goes out the window, and it's a conversation <laughs> that you don't have. And I know it sounds really really crude, but no, it's true. <laughs> Physical contact and stuff in a relationship is is a, is very important to a lot of people, and it's mm-hmm. one of those yeah. things where I didn't, as a guy, and Carly didn't know this until I actually had this conversation. I did not feel horny or want to have sex or anything like that in the slightest, and it wasn't because I wasn't attracted to her or anything like that. It was purely just because it was so far from my mind, it was unreal. But at the same time, as with Carly's body changing. Her worries on a one-dimensional level were, does he still find me attractive? Mm. Does he still want to have sex with me? You know, all the physical stuff that is really, you know, the, one of the only things you really worry about in your relationship before pregnancy. You know, there's you have all the other stuff that goes on in life, but there's that one thing that kind of brings you together physically like that, and you connect on that level, and that suddenly just disappears. And I would say the one thing that I wish we had the conversation about a lot quicker was, don't worry you're the most beautiful creature on this planet. I adore you. But sex is not happening, not because I don't find you attractive, but it's just because it's not a priority right now. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things we've seen it too many times on movies and TV programs and all the rest of it. It's like, oh, yeah, we were banging all the way up until she gave birth. Yeah, and nobody is. You know? <laughs> it's not no. like it's, nobody. No, some people do, but they, it, it's not something that comes in and out like that as it would beforehand and I think it's a really really fundamental uh, relationship conversation to have at that point because it shows a lot of I don't know maturity and also it it opens up a door on an emotional level that I don't think you necessarily walk through prior to that Mm, absolutely I mean Hendrik and I were the same and he was still terrified of poking the baby that image that a lot of (laughs) men have I was like Hendrik (laughs) your penis is not that big
communication is just the biggest, biggest thing because, mm. yeah, you do feel so different and your partner is aware of that. And I think, yeah, if you can just talk it through, then it will be so much easier because um, I always worried that we were just going to turn into best friends or roommates. You know, mm. that's kind of what does happen if you haven't got like, that sexy sexual spark going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely there. It's just that, you know, it's just different just different right now my body's doing so many things it's just not that sexy um but yeah that's probably what I would say but have you got like a top tip for us oh my goodness so many one Um, top tip top top tip oh my goodness top top tip go for a top tip like now how you're juggling having little one right there with you while working yes that is that is definitely how how are we doing this? I don't know. I am blessed with a pretty chilled, mellow baby. <laughs> that's because you're chilled. Yes, I reckon so. I reckon so. I mean, I'm so laid back. And okay, a top tip is just not just roll with it. Is which you're going to do anyway. But I would absolutely say that don't try and implement a routine. And follow their routine. And I absolutely do follow everything that Amandine wants. And only one point she kind of became a little bit lost in like a routine. Like she, it was almost like she wanted to sleep, but she couldn't, or she didn't know how or that kind of thing. And then I did start to just help her. I guess it's a little bit like, and you know, with having Stephen, it's a bit like when you have a dog, you know, when they're like, well, I don't know where I should go to the loo, or I don't know, you know, what I should be doing. I do think babies do like a little bit of guidance as well Um, because our NCT lady was very much um, kind of, you know, don't implement routine. It can lead to um, becoming quite depressed and raising rates in postnatal depression if you try and implement a routine and then you can't stick to it, Um, which so we didn't. But over the last couple of weeks, I've started to kind of do bed bedtime around a certain time, try and put her down for a morning nap around a certain time. And she's she's loving it. I think she now feels like she's meant to be doing these things. So she's enjoying it. Um, but as far as kind of just having her here, keep her topped up with milk, get a baby Bjorn or a bouncer, definitely key. <laughs> and just, yeah, do what works for you. Like don't everyone wants to give advice and like my mum will say things like oh we just let them cry or you know I did four hourly feeds that but everything is changing so much that you just have to do what works for you I think how do you think Stephen's gonna be well right now he's snoring so loudly I'm surprised you can't hear him Um, (laughs) he has been hilarious he's he's a very very chilled dog he is my first baby and probably always will be and everyone's like no he's gonna take such a back seat and that's one thing that makes me sad because I love him so much so we're gonna try and keep um it the same with Stephen I think that's Mm -hmm. Leon's job is to kind of make sure the same things happen hopefully he's gonna be good we played him um some tracks on YouTube of babies crying because that was what it said to do didn't give any like no bs not bothered at all um he just laid there on his back asleep he was off with me for about a month and i think it was because the baby kicked him while he was sleeping um and he just knew, he just knew yeah he knew and you know i think they can hear the heartbeat and stuff so hopefully he's gonna be amazing a little bit worried about the toy situation because after the baby shower he basically decapitated all of the eyes and noses off any teddies that anyone gave us oh, no. <laughs> but i think it's because he's full and anything that's been a teddy so far has been his we don't yeah. have baby stuff so yeah. um, he's starting to make it all of his toys more hard toys yeah, now, so more and that kind of stuff so 
there's a distinct difference between soft baby toys and hard Stephen toys. But I also think when everything smells of the baby, it will be very different. So I think he's going to be adorable because he's very is a very loving dog and very chilled. So we'll just see. We'll just have to make it wet for the two of them. Someone gave me a really good tip. Um, if you have the time to do this or you have a family member who can pop in and see Stephen before you get home from the hospital is to get a muslin and leave it kind of under the baby or around the baby so it picks up the baby's smell and then take it home and give it to Stephen and then they pick up the baby's smell before you bring the baby into the house. Apparently that's quite a good way of introducing the baby. A couple of people have said that to us, so we're going to try and do that. And then also I think it's bringing the baby in when Stephen's here and not yeah. Stephen coming in. Yeah. Baby's already here. So, yeah, we're going to do what we can because we obviously want to have an easy life with the two. Yeah. Um, I think I don't think he's going to give. I think he's probably going to end up licking it and probably <laughs> doing the rocker for us with his paws. Yeah, I think he's going to be good, fingers crossed. Oh, you're such a beautiful family already <laughs> and you're going to be even more be- oh, I'm so excited for you both. You. you yeah it's really exciting and it's just lovely to be able to chat to other people and see everyone else's journey and stuff and I think it's amazing what social media does that we can now you know in some ways it's stressful but in the kind of raw connection ways it's lovely to see what other mums are doing when people are sharing that kind of brutal honesty as to how hard or easy I love that and I definitely will maintain sharing across social channels the honest truth of pregnancy and having a baby I don't want to glamorize it in any way so um mm. yeah I think it's important to just be really honest and if I can breastfeed amazing if I can't breastfeed amazing if I have a c-section natural birth whatever all of it is totally fine as long as everybody is good so yeah is that um, your plan to breastfeed a little and then obviously express so Leon can do it too and yeah definitely oh lovely brilliant we haven't got to the express point yet because <laughs> we good I know, but I keep saying to Hendrik, you know, if I'm going to express, it'd be great if you could do the night feed at three o'clock. And he's like, yeah, can you just hold off expressing? <laughs> he's not quite wanting to do that yet. <laughs> oh, well, it's been lovely chatting to you both. Thank you both so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having us. And let us know when it's up and we'll share everywhere. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. Well, I hope you guys will have a moment to come back on when you have the little one at um, some point way, way down the line. No, we'd um, love to. That'd be great. This is easy. We can do this. We can do it like you are. I mean, ours might scream. We have no idea. But we can do that. We're totally fine. <laughs> so easy. She's gone back to sleep now. Oh. Back to sleep. <laughs> oh, well, have a beautiful day and lovely rest of your week. And yeah, if you have any questions at all, just holler and I shall answer. Okay. <laughs> very, very much, much, babe. Have a good day. You too. Lots of love. Bye. 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 And there you have it, my chat with Carly and Leon this morning, right until the end. So if you have any questions, just pop me an email at mumtalkpodcast at gmail.com or you can pop me a DM on Instagram. It's just Emma Jolin. I would love to hear from you. I love hearing from you all. Um, And thank you so much for checking in with me. Often, if I'm not on Instagram, there's um, quite a few of you sending in messages, (laughs) just checking in, and it's really sweet. Thank you so much. Um, And I'm so pleased so many of you are still getting so much out of this podcast. So I hope you enjoyed today and I will check in with you next week. I will share with you how our jabs, our inoculations went and give you any tips if there are any tips to give um, on how you can make it a less painful process for mainly the mum, I reckon. Not so much you can do for the baby, but yeah, as much as you possibly can for the mum. 
Anyway, I think I may have just had a bit of a poo situation going on with my little one, so I'm going to go see to that, and I will check in with you guys next week. Lots of love.